Well, I pray it won't happen often, but it sure happened this last Lord's Day. I said something that frankly just doesn't wash out as true. So welcome to the Pastor Russell Corrects Himself version of Beyond the Notes. I knew I should have checked. I knew I should have checked, but it was two or three different authors, and generally these are guys that I trust. We were dealing with this matter of John's quotation of Isaiah uh, 6 verse 10 in John 12 verse 40, where he uh, is, is quoting Isaiah, and he's speaking of, of God's hardening the hearts of those who are who are just locked in in their rejection of Christ. The statement that I made in the pulpit was that there are 20 times in the book of Exodus that speaks of the hardening that speak of the hardening of Pharaoh's hearts and according to authors that I well that I used to trust <laughs> they're divided 10 and 10. 10 times the word of God says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart and 10 times the Bible says that Pharaoh hardened his own heart, and you know what? It's not true. I uh, over over the the hours and days since Sunday, it occurred to me that that's kind of a big statement to make without checking it myself, and it's not like it's that hard to check. In fact, I'm surprised some of our very diligent McGregor members haven't emailed me and said you do know you got that wrong. So for the record, I'm ahead of the curve on this one. I'm correcting myself before I need to be externally corrected. I was almost right to say that there's 20 times the book of Exodus speaks of the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. In the English Standard Version, which we use around here, it's 19. It's not 20, but nah, we could give that to rounding error or some sort of translational subtlety, but there are 19 times. In six of those occasions, it's just stated as a passive truth. The heart of Pharaoh was hardened. That is, the statement is simply, Pharaoh had come to have a hard heart. That's six out of 19. Three times, the book of Exodus does say that Pharaoh hardened his heart. He was definitely involved in the process. But it only says that three times, not the 10 that I, uh, that I said on the Lord's day. Which means out of the 19 times that the book of Exodus speaks to the hardening of Pharaoh's heart, 10 out of 19, God is doing the hardening. Only three Pharaoh, and then the other six are just statements of the fact that Pharaoh had come to have a hard heart without saying whether it was his own hardening or God hardening. The point that we have to reckon with is without, without any, um, without any uh, disputation, God was involved in the hardening of Pharaoh's, of Pharaoh's heart, and he was involved significantly so, which, which leads to a, a genuine question. Uh, God is in the redemption business. God is love. God cares deeply about the souls of men. How do we, how do we make fit this issue of God actively participating in the hardening of Pharaoh's heart without coming to the view that God is somehow being, well, unjust. 
Now, there's a whole side trail we could go down that I'm going to have the discipline not to go down regarding God's uh, perceived fairness. And we have to be really, really careful if we want to sort of manufacture out of thin air a doctrine of the fairness of God as we understand fairness. That, that if, I'm a, if I'm a parent of three children and I give one of my children $5 just because I feel like it, I have to give the other two $5 as well or I'm not being fair. And uh, we elevate fairness to a, to a sort of a high moral pinnacle, but in point of fact, just observation of the world around us tells us that in that sense, God is not fair. Uh, God uh, is the author of, of all things, and some people are born with significant birth defects. Some people are not. Some people have, encounter great earthly success. Some people do not. And if you are trying to impose a view that God is fair, you're going to very quickly have to conclude that God is not sovereign. But if you have come to peace with the fact that God is sovereign, then you're not going to be bogged down in the notion that God is not fair. But the question is, is this just? Well, first, there is no question that lost humanity has a tendency to harden their own heart. Remember, Pharaoh three times participated actively. Pharaoh hardened Pharaoh's heart. And there's a, there's a noteworthy passage in the book of Hebrews. In fact, much of Hebrews 3, which extensively quotes from Psalm 95, is an encouragement for lost people not to harden their hearts. Um, Hebrews 3, 15, quoting again from Psalm 95 says, Do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion. Um, this is, a, is an encouragement to be open and receptive to the leadership of God. And three times in Hebrews 3, the languages get used, don't harden your heart, or do not allow your heart to be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So there's no question that in lost humanity, there is this uh, tendency to be resistant to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, to be resistant to the call to repent and obey God. And there is a, a hardening of heart. But what we have most at hand here is this issue of God hardening the hearts. And again, we're back to, to John in John 12, quoting Isaiah, where, where John's intent is to show us that at, at this point, God is participating in the hardening of the hearts of these, of these Pharisees and Jewish leaders. And I can imagine someone saying, well, I, uh, I don't believe God would do that. God, as I perceive him, doesn't do that. Well, the difficulty with that viewpoint, of course, is that God, as he described himself, has done that and does do that. The question of fairness is not the right question. The question is, a one, is one of justice. And the, the, the key to wrestling through this notion of a God who will harden hearts is to realize this statement is true, and that is no fallen human being, no descendant of Adam and Eve, will ever in life or in eternity get a worse deal 
that he or she deserves. That is, that is a key truth in a, in a biblical understanding of a doctrine of man, that from the, moment, from the moment of conception on, in an utterly just universe, because of the inherited guilt that comes down from Adam, compounded by our own guilt once we start acting, we deserve hell. And yet, many days we get up to see a beautiful sunrise. We do not deserve. Get a good cup of coffee. We do not deserve. Breathe God's air. We do not deserve. Uh, benefit from God's gravity, which we do not deserve. And so, and God deals with us in ways that are anything other than immediate condemnation. We're getting better than we deserve. There's a, there's a clarifying paragraph that speaks to this whole issue of Pharaoh and the hardening of heart. We don't have to figure it out for ourselves. There's a paragraph in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 9, beginning in verse, verse 14, that deals specifically with God hardening hearts and the justice thereof. Um, the Apostle Paul writes, what shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? And he's been speaking of the hardening of hearts. By no means, for he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose I have raised you up that I might show my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. In other words, the reason Pharaoh got to be a big deal is so that God could show that God was a bigger deal. And if you think that means Pharaoh got a worse hand than he deserved, then you've forgotten Pharaoh deserved hell from the very, very beginning. So Pharaoh was not treated unjustly. So then he has mercy on whom he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. Now that's the New Testament's commentary on the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. And it raises the question, well, it seems to me that God is acting like he can do whatever he wants with the people he has created. And the Apostle Paul, writing in Romans, would say, you know, it does seem that way. Here's how he said it. Continuing now to Romans 9, 19. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault for who can resist his will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, why have you made me like this? We've said it before. We'll say it again. It's not, it's not remarkable that lost humanity faces condemnation. It is not a small thing. It's not a thing about which we are flippant. It's a brokenhearted thing and a life passion igniting thing. The people outside of Christ are justly condemned. And there is an urgency to the Christian gospel. But the, the headline is not the just condemnation of humanity. The headline is that God has sent a Savior. And those who will turn from their sin and trust him by faith have no concern that God would harden their hearts. Uh, not if you trust Jesus. So the, the takeaway from this idea that is 
one with which we, we, we must reckon. It's a biblical idea, the hardening of hearts. But, but the takeaway is how remarkably gracious God is that he softens hearts and penetrates them with his gospel. Hey, today, if you're born again, you ought to be all that more thankful that your new birth was not something you cooked up on your own, but you responded to the grace of the living God. And if you're outside of Christ, repent now on this day. Don't harden your heart. He may eventually even make you better at it to your eternal undoing. And he won't be unjust with you. He will never be successfully accused of injustice. But wow, is he ever gracious to all who will repent. I hope by now you're sharing our podcast. I hope you uh, you like it. And I hope not only do you like it by clicking the screen, but I hope you're enjoying it and liking it. Comment back down below if you're on a platform that allows that. And we'll look forward to hearing from you and speaking to you yet again on our next episode. God bless you. Thanks. Thanks.